Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Have you heard of colon hydrotherapy? Well, on today's show, Bayside Colonics founder and lead therapist Kaya shares with us her wealth of knowledge on the healing benefits regular colon hydrotherapy can have on your overall health. Kaya takes us to the beginning of her journey as a young teenager suffering from severe gut issues. After the threat of a colostomy bag, she began to search for an alternative way to restore her health. When she found colon hydrotherapy, she felt instant relief for the first time in years, an experience that would divinely lead her down the path to open her own clinic and help others on their healing journeys. When Kaya fell pregnant with her first child, the years of her living a holistic lifestyle centered around reducing toxicity set her up for a perfect pregnancy experience, something she never thought would be possible. Despite having a 26-hour labor, she stayed grounded in trust, birthing her son in hospital with no interventions. Her second and third births were in the comfort of her own home, and although both were empowering and transformative in their own right, she describes their contrasting differences. Today, Kaya answers an array of questions about her life-changing work and why her Happy Bum Co. enemas should be a staple in your health regime. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. No, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chat all things birth. Me too. Now, firstly, could you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Kaya Siri and I'm from the Redlands. We live in Thornside. I have three beautiful children and my husband, Tom. So I've got Jack, who's now four, Callie, who is two and a half, and I've just had Chelsea and she is three months old today. So that is our family and we have seven chickens. Oh, I love chickens. (laughs) Were any of your pregnancies planned conceptions? My first one was not planned. Jack was 
a big surprise. I was actually told when I was a teenager that I had PCOS and that I would never fall pregnant, probably would never have a family. I was having a lot of gut issues at that point as well. Um, So I was really, really struggling and yeah, my hormones were all out of balance and the doctors at that point said that I would would never have children or I would need, you know, to go on some sort of hormone therapy. And so that kind of stuck with me. Um, Years later, I healed my gut and detoxified my body and, you know, total life change, like health change, mindset change. And um, I was probably at my fittest and healthiest uh, when I was 26, right before I got married. <laughs> and um, Jack was a little pre wedding surprise. Oh, so, that's always the way, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> so I got, um, I went, you know, did my, I've been doing my yoga every day with like all, you know, wedding bod ready. <laughs> and then um, I got my dress and I had it all fitted. And then, um, yeah, about six, uh, six weeks before our wedding, I. <laughs> I felt a little bit nauseous and I was so exhausted, which I never am. I am full of energy all the time. And I was feeling a bit funny and um, lo and behold, Jack was on the way and I was eight weeks pregnant (laughs) and um, I had to get my my wedding dress taken out like nine centimeters from the bust. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember laughing so hard because the the lady that did my dress – she fixed up my dress and did the you know, the alterations. She was like, oh, if you, you know, have any weight changes, let me know. And I was like, I'm always this size. <laughs> that won't be an issue. And then I had to ring her and be like, actually, remember when you said that if I needed, if I had a drastic change inside, I was like, my breasts have grown. <laughs> Four cup sizes overnight. Crazy. Did you tell people at your wedding or keep it private? Well, I'm actually from the United States. I'm from Seattle, Washington. And so for at our wedding, we had it up in Noosa. And I had my whole American family and all my best friends fly out from the U.S. for our wedding. And we announced it at the reception. Oh, I love that. It was absolutely like I still get chills talking about it oh. because it was just one of the most special days of our lives. Yeah. Ten. So we, I mean, we told my parents as they got off the plane. So we, you know, gave my dad the little, um, the box with the little shoes and the ultrasound. And he was, he opens the box. He's like, these won't fit me. Why are you giving me these? <laughs> So my stepmom is like, come on, honey, like, come <laughs> on, catch up. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> bless him. Um, but yes, then we told, we announced it at the wedding. Um, we said we got up and did it, our speech and, um, and you know, we just said, oh, look, you know, we're so happy that all of you guys were able to come today. There was just one person that wasn't able to be here, but He'll be here in about six months and everyone just died. Oh, so, so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it was just incredible. And it actually, I was so worried. I had never planned to be pregnant on my wedding day. I had just, the thought never occurred to me. I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, the universe would not do this to me right now. Like I have gone so many years without getting pregnant. <laughs> oh, like, no. But it just, it was perfect. It was just divine timing. Like I can't imagine it any other way. It was yeah so special um and yeah just announcing it we have the whole video and yeah it was it was awesome so beautiful Mm. 
Now, you mentioned earlier that you went on a bit of a journey with your health. For those that don't know, you are the founder of Bayside Colonics, which is this incredible wellness hub that is conveniently located around the corner from me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so was your personal journey to get on top of your health and influence behind creating this business? Yeah, absolutely. So I was really sick. So I was, I guess, a bit of background on me. So um, I, my bowel stopped moving when I was about 13 years old. And that's how I found colonics and gut health and enemas. Um, which is, you know, I also own the Happy Bum Co., which is our own brand of coffee enema kits and turmeric enema kits, things like that. Um, but my bowel stopped moving when I was 13. And the biggest problem was that there was no awareness about issues like that at the time. They were very taboo to talk about. My parents never talked about their bowel health or asked me if I was going to the toilet or how I was feeling. It was just very hush-hush. And so I actually had no idea that I even had a problem. I had no idea that that wasn't normal, but I didn't have any siblings and I'm an only child and, you know, home life was pretty stressful and it wasn't really, you know, we didn't have like that sort of open sharing relationship. And so it just got pushed under the rug for so long um, until I literally was pretty much going into like toxic shock. I actually started having what were basically labor pains as my body was starting to contract to try to push out all the waste that was in my colon. Wow. And so they thought it was appendicitis. And so I got rushed to the emergency room and they did x-rays. And of course it wasn't appendicitis. It was my bowel. And the doctor walked out and he said, girl, you are full of shit. <laughs> I wonder how what? long he had that one banked up for. <laughs> I know. It was perfect. But I was like, and he was like, when was the last time you went to the toilet? When, when was your last bowel movement? And I could not tell him. I had no idea. Yeah. So it had been months. So then there was that whole journey. Obviously they just sent me home with laxatives and of course that didn't work. That's a very, very surface level bandaid. And when you are that kind of compacted, they don't do anything. Plus it, it never gets you back to the beginning. It never restores your full health. So by the time I was 16, I basically had exhausted all other Western med options, um, seen every top gastroenterologist in, you know, the, the area that I lived in, but my, both my parents, I should mention are actually doctors. So my dad's a cardiologist and my mom was an anesthetist. So I had access to really great medical professionals, um, but they had no idea what to do. I did not know that you came from a medical family. Yeah, complete medical family. Grew up with every over-the-counter <laughs> drug. <laughs> you know, if I had a headache, it was here's a you know here's a Panadol. Um, but very you know very aware of medicine and you know my body and those things. And yeah, by the time I was 16, basically the only option that they had left to offer, and I was in so much pain all the time. I was just on death's doorstep I was because my body was essentially like 
septic, toxic. And the only thing they had left for me to do was to rip out 90% of my colon and give me a poo bag, a colorectomy bag, which I would then have for the rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Around the same time that, you know, they did all the tests and they honestly couldn't find anything wrong with me because the blood tests don't show anything about constipation. They're, you know, really inconclusive. And, yeah, so I was basically looking at either having – a surgery that would alter the rest of my life. I don't know what having children would have looked like post that kind of a surgery either. Um, I actually had, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be able to have them, even though that's what I wanted more than anything, because my home life was pretty rocky growing up. And I, I just always knew I wanted to be a mom. So that was pretty devastating when I was a teenager. And then instead of choosing that surgery, actually both my parents did not believe that that was the right thing to do. So we were, we went looking for any other option, any kind of alternative to that life altering surgery. And that's how I found colonics. Oh, okay. And what was it like having that first colonic? So I was at that point where I would have done anything, you know, I'd had all the invasive tests. It was pretty awful. And so a colonic was just like, yep, let's do it. (laughs) And we went to this beautiful clinic in Seattle called the tummy temple. And the women that worked there were just so amazing. Their energy was so bright and healing and they guided me through the whole, the whole treatment. And I had relief there and then it was wild and I felt so safe and so looked after. And it was actually the only thing that had ever worked in the last, you know, three, four years I'd been searching for any kind of relief. So yeah, it was amazing. So I started to go in, I was pretty sick after my first one. I mean, there's a lot of toxicity in there and and when you do have a lot of toxicity in the body and the colon, a colonic stirs it all up. And then as you release it, you you start to feel a lot better. So it was definitely a process. I used to go in twice a week, um, but the the change I saw in myself, my body, even my eyes were brighter and less yellow, my skin, my energy levels, my brain fog. I could actually wake up in the morning. Wow. Um, it, was, it was amazing as my body started to detoxify. And at that point, I also changed my diet too. So I eliminated refined sugar, gluten, dairy. And as I kept going with the colonics, I realized that meat really didn't agree with my body either. So I really did a huge lifestyle overhaul when I was in my late teens. And it has served me so well to this day. So I was going in for colonics. Then once I got on top of everything once a week, um, because the bowel movement didn't didn't just return it takes a bit more than that because it had been such a chronic problem and you know now that I'm a colon hydrotherapist myself I totally understand why it happened Um, and your bowel is is a lot emotional too so there's so many things that go into constipation it's not just you you're not eating enough fiber which of course I wasn't doing that either at that point in time (laughs) a lot of McDonald's and a lot of a lot of Starbucks But yeah, and then I started doing enemas at home because in between my colonic sessions, I was still pretty uncomfortable. And yeah, that's how I got into, you know, doing enemas and then went into the coffee enemas to really detoxify further and liver detox. And it's really pretty amazing. You know, I think sometimes the universe just shows you the way. And I was doing my university degree. I've got a degree in business from the University of Queensland. And I had never in a million years considered 
becoming a colon hydrotherapist, it wasn't the plan. And yeah, the universe just offered me that chance. And as soon as I became a colon hydrotherapist, I already loved gut health. I was so passionate about healing my own body. And as soon as I started to do my training and started seeing clients, it was just, I just fell in love. And that was about 12 years ago. Wow. Incredible. Okay. So for anyone that doesn't know, what is a colonic and what are some of the main benefits of having them? So a colonic or colonic irrigation, colon hydrotherapy, it's all the same thing. So essentially it's a way to rinse out your large intestine, which is your bowel. So your colon, um, and that's your body's waste track. So when we are eating lots of processed food, when we're stressed, eating lots of meat, if we're not drinking enough water, not eating enough fiber, um, modern day lifestyles are really not conducive to good gut health and good bowel health. And what happens is essentially we miss bin day very often. So you know how if you leave your bin sitting in your kitchen for too long, it starts to smell. Um, you know you get maggots in the bin. Very similar. You know we start to if we missing if we're missing these bowel movements. Um, so you're on average, you know that the average person should go to the day to go to the toilet two to three times a day. Okay. For most people, that's not happening. And when that's not happening, we are slowly accumulating waste into the colon. And the waste that sits there is all the toxic material that your body has you know, decided it wants to get rid of. It's taken all the nutrients and everything it needs from the food that you've eaten and what you've consumed. Um, and your colon gets you know, the, the large part of the waste that's left over. And when we're not eliminating properly or effectively enough, that toxic waste then gets reabsorbed back into the bloodstream and those toxins then get redispersed around the body. So we see a lot of people with bad skin or hormonal disruptions or brain fog, lots of bloating, and it's all because the colon isn't being emptied efficiently. So what a colonic does is it's basically a bond clean for your colon and it's really simple, it's really gentle and it's really easy. It's not embarrassing. Basically, we use um, purified water. So um, there's a, an inlet hose. So we insert a speculum, speculum into your bum. There's two hoses attached. One's a purified water inlet hose. So that's where the purified water comes in. It's warm, it's gentle, and then all the waste comes out the waste hose. So that's where we get to see what is going on in your body, whether you're inflamed or how old the stool looks, if you're digesting your food, what color it is, what your liver's doing, all sorts of amazing biofeedback that can come from a colonic session and you basically have the best poop of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. For anyone that's interested, please head over and follow Kaya's business page at Bayside Colonics because she shares some pretty gnarly content of what you get out of people. I mean, my mind is constantly blown, like massive blockages and the worms and parasites that I've seen that seem to be quite common. Yeah. Absolutely. We see worms all the time coming through. That was shocking for me. People have, most people have parasites. They just don't realize it. And they can be causing so many issues in your health um, from bloating, from gut issues to, you know, interruptions in your sleep and your skin. Yeah, absolutely everything. Wow. So interesting. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on colonics. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> 
Such awesome information. Anyone that's interested, I will link all of Kaya's information in the show notes. But let's now jump back to your births. Mm. So you've just found out that you're pregnant, which was a huge surprise. How was that pregnancy for you? My pregnancy, so by the time I fell pregnant, so I was 26 when I fell pregnant with Jack. And by that time, my body was a temple. I only organic food, plant-based did yoga seven days a week. I I had the most amazing pregnancy. I didn't have any morning sickness. I did yoga until I was like 38 weeks pregnant. I have a photo of like I was doing the splits and I loved it. I loved being pregnant with him. It was such, it was such an amazing journey. I think as well, because it was a surprise. There was no trying to get pregnant my husband and I were really like you know we were really happy and we were so excited and we were kind of stoked that you know we were starting our new life together as I said we were getting married and then we got to plan for the baby so and we'd always wanted kids and yeah we were we had a great pregnancy it was was amazing so being a surprise pregnancy and then also coming from a medical family, what was your perception of birth at that stage? Well, my perceptions on birth were actually probably different to a lot of people's because I had to be really, I was really passionate about having a natural birth because for me, a cesarean would have been extremely detrimental because I would not have been able to have a colonic. Uh, for for three months after, and my bowel still requires colonics regularly. So, and to do the enema, so an abdominal surgery was completely out of the question for me. So mm-hmm. I did my research, and I just was like, okay, how can I get the most natural possible birth? And I, I'm a big planner, so you know, if I if I know an outcome that I want to have, I you know do everything in my power to create you know, the steps that will lead there, um, not just a wing it and fling it. So I looked up a hypnobirthing class and so I started to do that route as I, you know, read a lot of reviews and, you know, they were saying, you know, you got really great natural births from, you know, a better, I guess a better percentage of people that were using hypnobirthing were getting, you know, more natural births. And then I rang up to find out some more information and book the class. And the lady that I rang was also a doula. And I, after speaking with her on the phone, I was like, you have to be at my birth. (laughs) And my husband had no idea what a doula was. And I just said, nope, she's coming. (laughs) (laughs) And we, yeah, she came over to our house. Her name was Gabby. And um, she was just so like-minded. She totally got what you know, what I wanted and what I needed. And I don't have that mother figure or that other support woman in my life that could have really advocated for me and really just made me feel comfortable and safe. And I wanted someone to be there that could really help my husband and I be in that moment and not have to worry about all the, you know, cause we were having a hospital birth cause I didn't know any, there was another option at that point. Um, so we had Jack at the Redlands hospital, but we did have our amazing doula that came and yeah, she made all the difference. It was, I can't imagine not having her at my birth. Yeah. And how was that birth experience? My birth with Jack was really tough. I had no idea what to expect. I was definitely, my body was pretty, 
I was pretty anxious, I think, looking back. I didn't know what it was going to feel like. You know, you have all this build up to that moment. And it was at the hospital and I was worried about my rights and, you know, being advocated for. And it took me everything I had to give birth to him. Um, I had, the you know, a textbook delivery and everything. He was – I had no tears or anything like that and he was naturally – born in the hospital, but it was a 26 hour labor. And I was so exhausted after. And I just felt like there was, I just had nothing left. It was hard. It was a hard birth. And, um, but as soon as he popped out, he just, oh my God, he just crawled right on my chest and latched immediately. And we were just so in love. And that was that. And I never thought about it again. I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next baby now. (laughs) Give me all the babies. (laughs) Okay, so 26 hours, that is such a long time, especially birthing in the system because you'll often, you know, you'll be offered things or you'll feel pressured into it or you'll just simply succumb to it because you're just exhausted. What were some of the things that helped you keep your mental game strong? It was honestly, it was my husband is just the most amazing support. Like I think he just held my hand for 26 hours and (laughs) never left my side but also Gabby, our doula, it was just, there was actually no option of another birth. So she just, no one ever offered me any kind of different pain relief. It was just, she just took care of it and she just encouraged me and just supported me. And I, I'm, I'm a very strong woman. Like I will persevere. Mm. (laughs) I might whinge a little Mm. bit on the path getting there, but I knew what I wanted. And I knew that if I knew that if my doula and my husband and my support team were not concerned that I was I was going to be able to do it. And yeah. so I just kept pushing and I just sucked it up mentally and, yeah, I just did it. <laughs> Sometimes just just got to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> just got to do it. <laughs> just got to do it. I was like, there's a baby at the end of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Pretty good prize. Just want to meet baby. <laughs> Amazing. Um, postpartum was a breeze as well. Um, okay. Definitely, you know, the first couple of weeks, you know, you stand up for a bit too long and you feel like your crotch is going to fall out. But mm, other than that, yes. Jack fed so well. We didn't co-sleep because, again, you know, you read all the things and you're like, oh, gosh, can't do that. But he wouldn't sleep with me anyway. So he fed through the night but went down and ended up being a pretty good sleeper. And I was running my business at that time too. So, Sometimes if I couldn't, I would, you know, breastfeed him in between. I had clients and, you know, he would sometimes if someone would call and be like, Kai, I'm desperate to come in for a colonic, you know, and I'd be like, well, I have Jack today. And they'd be like, yep, just bring him in. And we'd sing the wheels on the bus and sing a song <laughs> and we cuddle the baby. So, yeah, he was a part of that recovery and he was just, he just became my little best friend and just a part of life in its entirety. Yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Of course. And what about your next pregnancy? Was that a planned conception or another surprise? No, she was planned. Okay. My next two were planned. Amazing. Yeah. So Jack was a surprise because we just we were probably thinking like maybe six months time we'd start trying. But after the wedding. Um, but then Callie was, I mean, as soon as I had Jack, I wanted another one. Tom and I always wanted three kids and – yeah, we just wanted them close together and 
I just felt ready straight away, but my body wasn't ready. Um, so I, it wasn't until I used some herbs to bring back my cycle that I fell pregnant with Callie. It was only, I think, our second month of trying. I was on my chase tree and taking on my things. And yeah, we fell pregnant straight away. And I had another great pregnancy with her. And it was, yeah, it was so different having a little one at home with me, but it was so nice. Jack is just such a caring, sweet little kid. He would just feel my belly and we we did the whole thing together, which was very sweet. So, but yeah, I had another, I had no problems with my pregnancy with Callie either. And her birth, so she was born in 2020. So that was, you know, pretty scary times in the world. Yeah. And for me, not a time I wanted to be in hospital. So we decided, so we had the same birth team, you know, with my doula, same doula, rang her straight away. As soon as I was pregnant, I'm like, you need to be not busy this week. <laughs> and so we had, um, we chatted to her and, and we're like, you know, we're really not comfortable at that point. You were only allowed to bring in one support person to the hospital. And I was like, no way. Uh, I was like, I need both of you. And she was like, what about a home birth? And one of my best girlfriends had had her daughter at home and had the most amazing experience. And she gave me the details for her midwives. And so I looked into home birthing. And after speaking with the midwives from It Takes the Village Midwifery and doing a bit of research myself, and then, of course, Gabby Ardula, who had been at tons of home births before, it was just such a no-brainer. And, oh, my God, that birth was incredible. Mm. I... It still gives me goosebumps. It was just every every way it could have been better, it was. It was so much less painful. It was so comfortable at home. I felt so safe. I felt so empowered and I just got to take my time. I was in my home space. I had all my snacks. I, I just was so able to let it happen and come and I just knew I was so supported and our old colon hydrotherapy clinic used to be attached to our house before we moved it into our big commercial space in Wynnum. And we moved the bed literally that day. We had just opened the brand new clinic. <laughs> it was the first day that the clinic was open. I went into labor with Callie. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home, right? Yeah, so oh, true. Go big. And so I was at the clinic getting everything ready and then I started having some cramping and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I might need to go home. <laughs> how far along and, were you at that stage? Um, I was 38 weeks. Oh, wow. How far along were you with Jack? Yeah. And Jack was 40 and 5. So okay. I was sure, I was so sure she was going to give me another week or two because yeah. I needed it to get everything sorted at the clinic. I mean, yeah. like, she's going to give me another two weeks. I was like, I've got this. So <laughs> I'm going to open the clinic. It's going to be all good. And then I'm going to have my baby. Wow. And Callie is 110% like her her birth. She is a wild force to be reckoned with. And <laughs> you cannot, you can never expect. She's always doing the unexpected. She's always ahead of her time. So it suited her perfectly. Yeah. But yeah, so we, I went into labor at 38 and, oh, 38 and nine. Oh, sorry, 38 and six. So maybe I was almost 39 weeks. And um, 
yeah. And I was at the clinic and I was like, oh man, I think I got to go home. And then, yeah, my husband, the doula came over and, you know, we were laboring at home and I was expecting it to be so long. I was so mentally ready for that marathon and it was so much quicker. It was, you know, still, I think it was still eight hours, but by the time, you know, everyone got there, it was go time, but I could talk in between the contractions and, I was laughing. We were all having fun. We were snuggling on the beanbag with Jack. And then his little nanny came in and got him and took him for the night, you know, put him to bed and sorted him out. They were still home. And we moved into our little birth space. And my husband had hung on the fairy lights. And we had the salt lamp. We had the heat blasting because it was winter. It was August. And she, as soon as the midwives got there, and so as soon as they arrived, they're like, oh, yeah, I think it's time to get in the birth pool. Like, oh, my God, girl, get in that pool. <laughs> Kelly was born within a half an hour of them even arriving at the house. Oh, wow. Was, yeah. And so what was your sort of state of being at that point? Were you able to still talk through them? Like, did you have any clue that you were that close to giving birth? No, we were just having a good time. Like, I was smiling. Like, they were obviously really intense. But it was, it was just, I can't even explain it. It was such an incredible vibe in that birthing space. It was because it was evening. She was born at 8.30 at night and the midwives arrived at 8 o'clock and we'd all done it before. My husband and Gabby, we'd all, we were like a little team and we'd all done it before and we knew what to expect and the kid, like Jack was all looked after and we just knew it was like, okay, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter when. And... I would think my body was just so relaxed. And so it felt safe and it knew exactly what to do. And as soon as, yeah, the like the baby just kept coming down and I was braced for so much more because my first birth was so intense that that was nothing. And then as soon as I got in the birth pool with that warm water, my whole body just relaxed all the muscles relaxed and I was so much more comfortable I I mean I I wouldn't even say it was pain it was not comfortable but it wasn't pain like I felt with Jack and she just came you know it was a couple big bearing down breaths and I was in a good position and all of a sudden I you know they're like okay there's the head (laughs) what (laughs) I didn't realize you meant it was gonna be this quick and, and then, she, you know, she came out and I was like, oh, my God, because, you know, I birthed her underwater. And what's the baby? And I, you know, <laughs> reached down and it was just so empowering. I reached in the water and just picked her up and I felt like I was, you know, carrying Simba on the rock. <laughs> like I just, I like, it. raised her up and it was this energy in the room. And my husband felt it too. It was just wow. unbelievable. It was the most empowering birth. It was it was absolutely electric and I'll never forget it to the day I die. And and yeah, then we just held her in the water and I birthed the placenta and she fed perfectly immediately too and yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Jack wasn't born in the water, was he? No, he was at the hospital. So I was in the shower, but I wasn't comfortable in the shower. And then I was so exhausted. I finally just was like, I need to lie down. Like I had nothing left. And because every time I would try to eat, I would get a contraction. So I really couldn't eat without (laughs) getting a contraction. So I was pooped. And so he he just came out on the bed 
Um, but actually, all three of mine were born in their waters. <gasps> so my no waters way. broke as they were coming out. Wow, that's incredible. I've heard that that can be really intense because you don't get that relief from your bad bag breaking. It's well, there's just so much pressure. Yeah. So much pressure. But it was, I mean, it's actually when I was speaking to the midwives about it, they said it's actually perfect because the baby, it's almost like cushioned for them on the way down. And because they, they're cushioned in their little water sack and yeah, less tearing. And it wasn't like a shoulder was jabbing out, you know, he's still in his little sack as he, as he comes down. And then it just, as soon as he was coming out and, and the other girls too. Incredible. Did you have a birth photographer? No, we didn't. I, my husband, I, I mean, I know we share all, I share all my poo videos with everyone on Instagram. <laughs> so I guess for me to say I'm a private person, <laughs> yeah, we felt it was really sacred and we just wanted to be the only people in that space and that room. And we have those memories and our doula did take some really beautiful, just in the moment photos. I didn't even know she was taking them. And they're blurry and the lighting's all dark, but they're my favorite. Yeah. They're just so real and raw and they were just us in that space. And, I, yeah, it was – I didn't I didn't know a photographer that I would feel comfortable with, but I guess, yeah, it just wasn't even something we, we needed to have. Yeah. I think, too, for me, I mean, I know it's not a glamorous occasion and I also think sometimes, you know, if you've got a camera there – you might be trying to look a certain way or act a certain yeah, way so and, true. oh, I want my birth to look like this. And I just wanted to be in my space, in myself, in my body and not care. Just just do it and be present with, you know, my baby and my husband and just create a family member and do it. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and tell everyone about it after. Yeah, exactly. I love that. <laughs> So quick question, can you have colonics while you're pregnant? Yeah, you can. So anytime after 12 weeks, as long as you're low risk. So I actually did them. I mean, I've been having colonics every week since I was 17. So I had colonics even through my first trimester and have had no problem with with all three of mine. Um, and it just, oh my gosh, it helps so much with the with all the symptoms, all the bloating, all the nausea, constipation's a huge one during pregnancy as well so oh I can't imagine and the brain fog I would be putting my keys in the cupboard or in the fridge towards that end of the week and I'd have a colonic I'm like okay my brain is back oh wow okay maybe I need to start doing more colonics then <laughs> yeah it's something you can't just have one you have to do a couple yeah. to really get your body into it because the first one like anything and you know it's like my first birth I didn't know what I was doing my body was tense it was holding on it was a lot harder and when you just relax into it and you feel comfortable and safe then the magic happens right okay I'm committed <laughs> you go girl <laughs> <laughs> love it thanks for the support okay so what about your parents what was their opinion if they had one on you having your daughter at home um, my philosophy is, I'll put it this way, 
what they won't know won't hurt them. So when I just decided that it wasn't anyone else's business and we didn't really want anyone else to weigh in. Mm -hmm. So we actually didn't tell anyone that we were having a home birth until the baby had arrived and she was safe and I was safe and happy. And she came so early that they, they just got a a text message with a photo of us and the baby. (laughs) And my my dad and I are really close and he rang. He's like, you're home from the hospital so soon. I was like, oh, we never went. And he was like, what do you, what do you mean? And he, so I was like, we had her at home. And he was like, I'm so glad I didn't know that before. Yeah. He's like, I would have been so worried. And so, yeah, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, they've seen a lot of, you know, and when you work in the hospital, you see the worst of the worst. So I totally get where the fee comes from, but I just didn't, I wasn't interested in inviting that into my birth space. Yeah. I love that. I think that is such a crucial element to protect yourself, Absolutely, you know, because other people's opinions, particularly like family, parents is they're so powerful. Yeah. And it's just one of those things like there's it just needs you have to feel comfortable with your decision and your choice. And we knew that that was the right decision for us. And if anything did go wrong, we were 15 minutes from the hospital. But honestly, it was. And you've got your midwives. Yeah, we had our own private midwives. It was fantastic. It was the best possible care. We knew them from all the appointments before. We were we felt like such a team. We felt so safe and. Yeah, we had two textbook births at home. It was just amazing. Can't recommend it enough. When anyone asks me, I'm like, have a home birth and you know, you get the looks and you're just like, Oh, you just don't know. Yeah, there's still so much fear around birth, but you know, it's slowly changing. Women are starting to realise that it's not this horrific event that we have to go through. Um, You know, it can be really powerful and beautiful. Totally. But it's things like this, you know, your podcast is so amazing for that because it's sharing those experiences in a way that, you know, people hadn't thought of or seen before. Yeah, so true. Thank you. So with Chelsea's birth, it was obviously a no-brainer then. Did you pick the same birth team? Oh, we sure did. (laughs) It was like, okay, guys, let's go. (laughs) And and that was really special too. It just felt like, I don't know, we just all knew. They knew the other kids. They'd been there before. They knew my body. I knew my body. I knew what I was capable of. So Chelsea's birth was a no-brainer. We had it at home and we had just – we had just re – well, we did a knockdown rebuild last year of our house. So it was actually a different house that Chelsea was born in. So she got the she got the more bougie space in front of the fireplace, and you know I had all the girls from the clinic. We had this beautiful like baby blessing, and they um, made all these affirmation cards, and for me to hang up um, on the like on the mantle, so I had all the affirmation cards hung up, and we had the fireplace on because the first of December was the coldest day that we had had ever here, and that was the day that Chelsea was born. So I'm in the hot pool with the fireplace on the first day of summer but it was like 20 degrees outside it was it was actually such a different birth to Callie's even though they were both home births I I really struggled with Chelsea's birth and I think it was because she is my last and I went into transition and my body just didn't want to let go and I just started 
bawling my eyes out because I knew that that was the last little being that was ever going to be in my belly. And, you know, I carried all three of them and I had no problem letting Callie go. It was this empowering moment. But for Chelsea, there was a lot of, you know, she was my last baby and letting go of her and, you know, moving her through that space was was a lot harder. It was so emotional and our whole birth team was crying and it was just such a different energy. And I was, I think I had done it before and my body, she was a lot bigger as well. She was a bigger baby and I was a lot more uncomfortable towards the end of her pregnancy. And turns out she was five centimeters longer. You can't see me, but I'm a pretty short gal. And there's not a lot of room in my torso, in my hips. So Chelsea was a big baby for me. She was 8.1 pounds. Wow. And yes, I'm 5'2 on a good day and <laughs> <laughs> about 57 kilos. So she was a big baby for me. Yeah. And, and she was 55 centimeters where my others were 51 and 50. So. <laughs> How far along were you? She came on her due date. Oh, wow, that never happens. I know. <laughs> I went, I put it out there really hard to the universe, though. I had I had, had enough, and I went to Pilates, and I went and got acupuncture and induction, and then I, you know, put it out to the universe really hard, and then I was having contractions by that evening. My husband and I were sitting by the fire and, you know, I had my kombucha and I was like, honey, I was like, I think she's going to arrive tomorrow. <laughs> and, um, and she did. So I went into labor that night, started getting the contractions, contracted all night. And then um, I, I messaged the birth team at like 11 or 12 and was like, hey, I think we're going to have a baby like soon tomorrow. I made it. We got the kids. She happened. It happened to be a daycare day for the kids. The kids went to daycare. Hubby came home. Birth pool got blown up. I got in the birth pool. The midwives arrived, and it was just on. Yeah. And how long in total was your labor with her? Well, it was it was probably more pre labor than Callie I had with Callie. But then mm -hmm. as soon as like it started to get pretty intense in the morning at about seven, and she was born by ten thirty, so. It was a pretty quick once things really ramped up and I woke up in the morning, uh, everything started to happen. But it was – it probably felt longer to me, but <laughs> it was pretty quick in the time scheme of things. And, yeah, she just – yeah, she just took her little time coming down. And, yeah, she's – and she's a totally different baby to the other. She's just this soft, sweet soul yeah, I love being around her. She's just got this beautiful but totally different energy to Callie and Jack. It's yeah. really cool to see. And so she's your last baby, definitely? We're done. Yeah. It's so hard to even say that because <laughs> I think if we had the time or I don't know, but I, my body's done anyways. I had such a great run. I never had a tear. I never had any pregnancy problems. I had three amazing natural births and I think it's just my time. I've done, I've done it. And I feel so proud of my body and myself. And now it's really just time to focus on raising them and giving them that attention and, yeah, just nurturing them to be awesome little humans. Yeah, and they are already, let's be honest. 
What about with work? Are you going back to work full time or? No, I mean, as a business owner, you're always working. So I work yeah. all the time from home anyways, but I'm not actually in the clinic. With Jack and Callie, I had to jump straight back in straight away. And my husband took a year off work so that I could be full-time at the clinic. And now the clinic has the most amazing team and staff. And I just kind of, you know, help when I'm needed and, you know, do a lot of the back-end work. But I'm also really trying to grow my online business, which is the Happy Bum Co. So we stock all the enema kits for most of the colon hydrotherapy clinics around Australia and the U.S., and are doing a lot of work in that space of just awareness on enemas and coffee enemas. And there's a huge, a huge benefit for fertility as well, um, for doing the coffee enemas and colonics as well. We see so many people struggling to fall pregnant because their bodies just have too much toxicity or they're too stressed. There's so many different chemicals and toxins that are hormone disruptors. You know, your your nonstick pans and your beauty products and your cleaning products and your foods that are sprayed with all the pesticides and insecticides that you don't even realize you're consuming every day that to give the body a good clear out and clear the liver and the colon. We've had so many clients come in for fertility. They've tried everything and within, you know, they have a couple sessions, we make a couple changes and, you know, they fall pregnant pretty quick. Wow, so that's incredible. It's, yeah. So it's, I'm really passionate about the birth space as well and just helping women to balance their hormones and to just clear their body of all that's no longer serving them so that they can get the outcomes that they want. And yeah, colonics are so powerful for that. Yeah. <laughs> so out of interest, what does a consult look like? What kinds of things do you cover? Like, would you talk about people's diets and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we take a really holistic approach. So we look at everything. So diet, lifestyle, stress, work, sleeping patterns, hydration, emotional health, stability at home. You know, all these things put together really can paint a really good picture of someone's health and the why. We're always looking for the why, always looking for the root cause, not interested in a quick Band-Aid fix. We want to know why you're having these symptoms and to actually remove the reason that's causing them or the irritation, then you can start to heal. And then the problems won't just keep coming back. So colonics and coffee enemas and some, yeah, simple dietary changes, um, just lowering the inflammation in your body, lowering your toxic load, making small sustainable changes that can make a huge impact on your overall health. It can be really daunting. People often don't, you know, they've read so many different things. They don't know where to start. They, um, they have no idea what's causing their symptoms and we just start at the beginning we just wash everything away that's step one flush the body out and then work with them on you know yeah diet changes or little things they can do you know even if it's a gratitude practice or meditating for stress or doing a coffee enema a couple times a week or eating more fiber or different supplements that you know would benefit them it's very individual because everyone is unique yeah. yeah wow so much information 
and I'm blown away by how in depth it actually is. I'm now really excited to go get my colon cleaned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gut health. And I could talk forever on detoxing and gut health. Um, but for your listeners who are obviously mums and, you know, hormones are such a big thing and recovering from birth too. And, you know, in that fourth trimester after you've had the baby even, so much of, you know, your hormone changes can be really debilitating for women. And if your diet isn't great, or if you've struggled during your pregnancy and you do have a heavy toxic load um, or you're stressed out, that can have a huge impact. Your gut and your brain are directly connected. So to flush everything out, to reset can really help your mental space as well. And we see that a lot. What is the minimum age for a colonic? Um, so usually we'll treat, uh, we, we do treat children if necessary. So if a child is really constipated, we will absolutely, you know, give them the help that they need. Um, so from six and above, we do have special child size speculums. We'll, we'll try other things usually first. Um, we can always teach the parent how to do an enema or we can do an enema as well. An enema for those that don't know, is just like basically a mini colonic that you can do at home with your happy bum bag or your enema bag. Um, so just, it's just a grab flow so it's really gentle really soft any anyone can do an enema it's so easy to do you can't mess it up and then you just sit on the toilet after to release whereas a colonic you're hooked up to the machine so you don't have to go to the toilet to release it just all comes out through the tube so yeah six and above for colonics we do actually treat a whole bunch of kids we just had a 13 year old in yesterday who was so compacted and you know just in a world of pain and so many issues around that and the the release was kilos and kilos and kilos. It was wild. That's crazy. Yeah. If your child is struggling with constipation and that means they're not going like twice a day, then just give us a call. We can help you in so many different ways. Even if it's, you know, if you don't live locally, you know, there's different different products, the Happy Bum Mag, Magnesium Oxide. There's so many different things that we look at for factors. We can teach you how to do enemas at home. We're very much about educating people to be able to take care of their own health. So we want to give you the tools so that you know what to do at home. You know how to manage whatever is going on for you at home. Um, because that's, you know, as a mum as well, it's really hard to get all these places. There's so many things can be really expensive. You try all these different things. They don't work. You just want like that one tool that's so easy to use. Yeah. Or you know it's it's a sure thing. And colonics are almost always a sure thing, especially for constipation and bloating. But your enema bag, you can do anytime, anywhere. I travel with mine. Never go anywhere without it. And that's just on your website, right? Yeah, so that's the happybumco.com. You can all the information you'd need on enemas. That's also our Instagram as well. You can go to the happybumco. So for women who are perimenopausal, menopausal, or looking to fall pregnant, coffee enemas are amazing. That's in our. That's all that information is in on the Happy Bum Co site as well. But you can always bring Bayside Colonics. You'll get one of us, and we can chat to you about whatever might be best. Yeah incredible thank you so much for all that information i will link everything in the show notes for my listeners now to wrap up the episode which i really don't want to do what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there listening any expectant mothers i believe so much of my pregnancy health and birth was attributed to the fact that i got so healthy before i started um 
And just really watching what you're putting in your body. I think so many of us don't realize the effect that toxins can have. So I never had any morning sickness with any of my three. And, you know, I just don't think it's a coincidence that I'm having all these colonics and doing all these enemas at home and I'm not getting those sort of toxic purging symptoms. So definitely just, uh, you know, if you can look after yourself the best that you can, take time to rest. But a huge one for me is the birth team and the support that you have. So I could not imagine my doula not being because she just, I knew that whatever happened, even if she said to me, Kaya, you need a cesarean, I would have felt comfortable because I trusted her and she knew my body and she was there through all three. So if you can, if you can find that magical birth team who's supporting you, you support your body through your health and nutrition and, you know, making sure that you're staying regular and, you know, you are pooping for your pregnancy. People think it's okay that they're not. And that's, it's not, you have to poop every day. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, come talk to me. Um, it's like, oh, that pregnancy constipation is like, yeah, that might be common, but it's not normal. And it's certainly bad for your health. So it will impact if you – I even did enemas in labor because to get ready for labor. And we actually have a ton of mamas who come in for colonics in their last trimester or right before their due dates because they're trying to clear the way for the baby to come through. Imagine if you have all that poo sitting in your colon down there and your baby's also trying to come down the birth canal. Oh, wow. I don't think so. So, yeah, I always did a couple colonics before I knew I was sort of due to give birth and did enemas during early labor as well to help clear the path. And my midwives were so on board with that and they actually wanted to know more about all of our products and it because it just makes sense. So there's so many things you can do, but – the toxicity in your body has a direct relation to your hormones. Your hormones are going to control how you feel throughout your entire pregnancy and even breastfeeding, you know, like the hormones that trigger you to go into labor and then produce milk. It's all hormonal. So if you can remove the things from your body that are causing the disruptions then and really nurture your body, make sure you're drinking lots of water and then create a safe space because a stress is a huge hormone blocker. So if you're feeling anxious and stressed and fearful about your birth, get a great birthing team, find your things to rely on. I had my affirmations. I had my birthing tracks. I had my playlist. I actually used your playlist for oh, Chelsea's birth. One of my friends told me about it. And honestly, it was just so beautiful. And I felt so held by so many of those songs. So whatever it is that's going to make you feel safe and confident in your space and in your body, I use birthing affirmations, you know, just really trying to put a positive spin on what you know is going to be a painful day, but can also be a day that's going to bring you so much joy. So I think your mindset is everything. Yes. Incredible advice. What a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show and educating myself and my audience on all things colons and gut health, Kaya. So appreciate you. You are so welcome. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here. And yeah, I just think that, you're doing such an amazing job sharing all this with birth and giving birth the positive spin it deserves because I know when I was growing up it was and I even I even talk to some of my friends now and they're like oh birth oh I can't imagine oh that comes through your vagina and like for me birth was like the most empowering days of my life so I wish that everyone got to have that experience 
That brings us to the end of today's show. What a fantastic episode filled to the brim with information for you all. Plus just a couple of inspiring birth stories in the mix there. I personally learned so much and I really hope you all did too. Kaya is a wealth of knowledge on all things gut health. So please guys reach out to her or her clinic if you have any further questions about anything we discussed on today's show. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you love PBA, we would be forever grateful for you to leave a review on your podcast platform so that we can continue this work and reach more women who need it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.